Hi everyone, thanks for joining us for KB Talks powered by the NKBA, that's the National Kitchen and Bath Association. Now it's the only podcast dedicated to sharing the latest kitchen and bath industry insights, providing you with the education and connections to help grow and support your business. I'm your host, Carl Champley. Now every designer has their own unique approach to a project, whether that's a kitchen reno, a bathroom makeover, or a whole home update. What stays the same though, in the designer's quest for inspiration to create the best possible space for their client. Where does this inspiration come from? Does form always follow function? How important is it to consider the current or future trends? Now today's discussion with our expert guest is Nicholas Moriarty. We'll strive to provide answers to these questions and many more. But before we get started, Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Home Advisor. Are you a home repair or improvement pro looking to grow your business? Home Advisor can help. Here's how it works Home Advisor matches homeowners looking for help with their projects with the best local pros in the area who can do the job. That means your business gets connected to new customers quickly and easily. Get started now and Home Advisor will help you find your next job. And be sure to ask if you are eligible for a limited time $100 credit when you sign up. Go to homeadvisor.com slash NKBA offer. Again, that's homeadvisor.com slash NKBA offer. Okay, we are ready to get started and I am officially ready to introduce Nicholas Morati, the principal and owner of Nicholas Morati Interiors based in Chicago. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm incredibly grateful to be here. Mate, it's a pleasure. As I was saying before, I've just checked out your website and I'm loving what I'm seeing. So let's start at the beginning. As a jumping off point, what is the first thing to consider when a designer is starting a new project and looking for inspiration as to how it will develop? You know, for us, it just depends on what type of project we're diving into. If it's a simple FF&E project, uh, which is furnishings and things like that, we have a different approach that's a lot more um, centered around visual listening and things of that nature um, with the clients and diving into their aesthetic. But if we're doing what we typically do, which is full-scale uh, interior architecture renovations with FF&E at the end, we take a really exacting approach to, to how we develop um, the rubric for that project at the outset. So, you know, our jumping off point is really diving in with the client and questionnaires and trying to pin down not just their aesthetic, but also their wants, their needs, their desires. Um, and when we get into the kitchen and bath space, that becomes even more important. So we have these really exhaustive questionnaires that we work with that really set the roadmap for how we're going to design the space for the client um, and how we're going to ultimately pull out the most um, insightful design for that client that hits on as many aspects of how they're going to actually live in their home as possible. So it starts with the intellectual aspect um, and it's quickly followed by the architectural aspect and, and looking at what is the property, what can the property take, what can the property um, sustain as far as size, scale, etc. And then also what's appropriate, right? Um, both aesthetically, functionally, all of those things. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, the, it's the only combination. And I love the fact that you seem like you're a listener too. And it's just so important to just sponge all that information from the client and out comes the professional advice. 
and um, the architectural roadmap. I love it. Now, are you seeing yes. any new methods or approaches to design? You know, in, in the space of kitchen and bath in particular, what we're loving right now with what's trending and what you're seeing in shows like, um, like KBiz and things of that nature is the fact that people are really buckling down on hyper customization. Um, and, and, and not just like, your cabinet's going to be this color and that's great. And it's custom. It, like really looking at what is the, the differentiation between client A's kitchen and client B's kitchen, right? Because they're two different people and they function in completely different ways in their kitchen. And so you have to be cognizant of that and you have to be available to ebb and flow for those ever changing needs um, that we're seeing in the kitchen and bath space specifically. And so like, we're loving that. We're loving that more vendors are hopping on that. Um, you know, you're seeing just in the way that companies are promoting their product that people are, that, that the marketing channels for these companies are really showcasing their product in a much more customized way now. And, and, and making sure that clients understand that like, this is an investment that you're making and nobody else may ever appreciate this investment. So it better be exactly what you want for however long you're going to use it. That's that, it's so true. One of my favorite trends, which will always be around, is um, you can kind of let the trends just settle a little bit and just have something that suits you as a family. And I think in the real estate yes. world, it's different now too. In five or 10 years, you know, it's not like you're designing and building something that's going to suit the future buyer because the, the chance is that they're going to come in and pretty much gut it and redo it anyway. But 100%. Yeah. And it's so different now, isn't it? Because, you know, everyone were trying to keep up with the Joneses and actually now it's kind of keeping up with the Jetsons with technology, but yes. you've been right. It's the customization is where people are making a stand and saying, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm excited to do something different. I'm excited to create something around myself. And that's leading exactly um, to what you're saying. And, and this kind of movement of customization, I think is exciting because it gets, it's the homeowners out there are starting to get better educated and they're getting yes. excited about it. And I think that warrants our industry as designers of designing, you know, customized, you know, um, creative inspiration spaces uh, for them. Now, why do you yeah. think customized kitchens are gaining speed as a trend? Is it because of that and what else? Yeah. So, I mean, just to piggyback a little bit on what you were saying before I fully answer that question, like the thing that's really important to me, I feel like I've been a one man show on a soapbox for a long time, um, trying to demystify this idea of ROI for kitchen and bath renovations, especially, right? Like at the end of the day, your home renovation is a depreciable asset and you should think of it that way, right? Like nobody's going out and buying a Tesla and, and expecting in five to 10 years to sell it for a profit, right? And kitchens sure. and baths are the exact same way. So just to piggyback, with what you were saying, like the idea that customization is becoming so much more important and clients are becoming more um, comfortable with it. Like people are reticent to the fact now that, um, you know, they're going to put this money and this effort in and somebody is going to come in and tear it out most likely, especially at that luxury level where we operate. Mm -hmm. um, and what, what's great about that, and to actually specifically answer your question, is it's allowing the other trends that we're really excited about to mm -hmm. actually 
actually take a stronghold, right? So, um, you know, at KBiz, I give a lecture about color in the kitchens and that being the real, you know, return on investment that clients can appreciate. And that's something that I am so passionate about, right? Like, I love white kitchens. They have an appropriateness, but they're not for our client. They're not what we get excited about doing. And yeah. so whether it's actual color in the, the primary sense, red, yellows, blues, greens, whatever it may be, or color vis-a-vis materials. We've done concrete kitchens. We've done stone kitchens. We've done stainless steel, you know, different metals, different wood veneers and finishes and stains and things like that. That's what it's getting really exciting for me. You're seeing so much more of this, right? It's always been there, but it's yeah. really, really, really prevalent right now, which I love, right? Because ultimately that informs your client's space, either in an architectural sense or in a stylistic sense. And it sets the tone for how they live in their space as it should, right? It does. And just talking to you, it's awesome because I can see how you are deadly passionate about what you do you're excited just talking about it and i can imagine you with clients just gonna make them excited as well but about color color's fantastic isn't it because you know from the calming blues and you look at the mcdonald's m for example that's a color for a certain reason and i'm sure a lot of the designers and maybe we've got some other people listening in the podcast don't quite um realize or quite understand how strong color is because the reason a lot of restaurants use that orangey yellow color because it entices the appetite and different other colors entice other feelings so it's exciting and looking at um a lot of your project examples i love the fact that you do include a lot of natural materials whether it's natural stone it's natural wood but you occasionally have a blast of yellow um, and it's yeah. a real interesting mix and it's kind of refreshing to see that. And again, just kind of picking back to what we're saying, how it's exciting now, how people, um, are starting to understand, Hey, you know what? I'm feeling comfortable to customize it to suit me. And of course it depends. Like I'm doing a project down in Santa Monica at the moment and they're going to be living there for six months and then they're going to be selling the property before they move into another, um, uh, address. So, you know, naturally <laughs> we're, we're throwing, we're making it customizable, but we're also throwing some intelligence in there to where it's going to be loved and adaptable to, let's say, 85% of the people looking at purchasing that. Um, now, mate, what about bathroom design? How does this differ from kitchen, the kitchen design approach to you? You know, for us, it's a little bit of a unique perspective because we do mostly operate and and do projects in the city of Chicago, right? And so yep. we have obviously a great stock of single family homes and things like that here, but we do a lot of condo projects, right? And I kind of have an aversion to large properties in general. So, you know, most of our clients' projects are sub, um, you know, 4,000 square feet. They're, they're not these giant sprawling 10, 15,000 square foot estates. Yeah. Like that just doesn't interest me on, on, on many levels. Um, yeah. um, but so, so in, in, in our projects, project work, we're, we're usually up against a wall of constraint, right? And so we've got X amount of space to maximize the functionality and the luxury of a bathroom for a client. And so what, what, what it comes down to for us is really digging in again to what is that client's day in, day out operation? like in that bathroom like how long are they actually spending in it are they an in and out person are they a lingering person you know we've really you know beat our heads against the wall with clients about the idea of tubs and showers and how many shower heads and how many body sprays if necessary steam etc do you like heat floors? I hate heat floors because I sweat like a crazy person. So like the last thing I want is like my feet to be hot after I get out of a shower, right? Well, mate, so it's I'm, like, I'm it's the all opposite. Those... 
I'm the opposite. Yeah, I, yeah. I try to explain yeah. to people what, 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 how wonderful a heated floor is like. It's like a swimming pool. I, you know, just to get naked and lie on the floor is the best thing in the world. Yeah, right. But I, I hear what you're saying. You've got to, yeah. you've got to listen to the client and really adjust it to what they like. Yeah. So I think this is where our approach is pretty unique. You know, I'm not a licensed um, architect, but you know, I've, I've lived and breathed um, art design and architecture my entire life. And I have a very architectural mindset about um, how we operate and we do all of our own interior architectural documentation and whatnot in for our firm in house. And so we take that very specific architectural approach to how we design these spaces. Right. And so we're saying like formulaically we, we need X, Y, and Z, but we've, we've got these constraints as far as space, space are concerned. And so all of those initial quandaries, all of those initial questions, all of those initial wants, asks, desires, et cetera, those go into informing exactly how we're building out that space, right? So like open concept vanity may or may not be right for somebody. That vanity may have... Uh, have to have like all of the bells and whistles as far as in drawer outlets and blow dryer holders and you know medicine cabinets you know and and all of those things that really make the space hyper functional storage wise utility wise all of that and that's that's our big um, our big things with bathrooms is again it goes back to our kitchens like you've got to understand how the client operates on a day in, day out basis otherwise you're just not going to succeed in making the project you know. Um, successful for them. No, it's so true. And again, I just applaud you just for just really focusing around the client because that's so important. I think, you know, again, a lot of designers listening in that as soon as your client sees that you're listening and you're creating something for them, you have the project. Uh, quite Absolutely. A project I did recently and I'm a, I'm a uh, general uh, licensed contractor as well. And sometimes with the amount of work that I've got on, I just haven't got time to do both. So I work with a couple of designers and quite often I might bring in two or three and I'll stand afar and I'll just look at the process and it's always a designer that listens and takes everything yes. before um, the, the terrific design advice comes out every time the, the, the homeowner is giving me the thumbs up behind their back, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, a perfect, a perfect example of that, if I can just interject real quick is, you yep. know, what I mentioned before with our questionnaires, like they're not just exercises in, in like, please tell us some, you know, fun nuances about your life, right? They, they really are documents that we use yeah. to hone the process for them. You know, like we're asking clients, like, you know, how many feet exists between your stove and your sink currently? Does that work for you? How many linear feet of of um, shelf space do you have for everyday plates, everyday glassware, et cetera? Because at the end of the day, if we're spending $250,000 on a kitchen and they don't know where to put their sometimes used dishware, like that's going to reflect badly on us and they're going to be pissed, right? And that's the last thing we want. So like we, we need to anticipate all of those needs, no matter how crazy and nuanced they may be, because what we're doing is we're building the roadmap for how that client is going to live in their space. They know they're coming to us and they know that they need an interior designer, right? But what they don't often understand is that they actually really need a roadmap for how they're going to live in their space. And that's the thing that like, once you take that, you know, BS out of the equation, clients are actually a lot easier to deal with too, because they know they're being listened to. They know they're going to like spend all this money and it's going to have the, the results that it should have. Right. 
It's true. You've really got to get in their headspace to see how they, because it's a kitchen, it's like an operation, it's like kind of be mm-hmm. like a workshop. But when you get in that headspace, the more you understand, the more that gives you the fuel and the knowledge as to what you, you're going to project. And I think those first initial meetings with the client are so important because you're, you're gaining so much of that information. And that's ultimately, as you said, like, you know, creating that roadmap. Um, for you to move forward. Now, let me ask you, where do you find your inspiration to move? Uh, let me ask, where do you find your inspiration to be more creative in your work? Is it because you listen to these podcasts? You know, <laughs> for, for, yeah, right, exactly. Um, you know, for me, I'm a very visual person. Um, I'm, I'm a very visual person. I always have been. Um, mm-hmm. Art, design, fashion are incredibly important to me. And I'm, I, I'm personally an obsessive compulsive art collector. I'm a huge fashion guy. Um, and I spend a lot of time digging into those worlds, right? And mm-hmm. so I'm looking at other creative spaces all the time and seeing, you know, how exactly are... Uh, you know, people in fields that are tangential to mine, but not specifically mine, how are they solving for problems? Or how are they engaging their audience? Or how are they pushing the envelope on on the bounds of color and form and texture and things of that nature? And and visually speaking, those are the those are the, the institutions, if you will, that really inform my visual acuity. Um, beyond that, though, I am such a believer that if you are going to be operating in this space, you have to know what's out there. And so we spend a lot of time going to shows, you know, going to KBiz, going to ICFF, the Architectural Digest show, you know, and you name it. And and we spend a lot of time getting to know our vendors and getting to know what their line extensions are and what's new and what's now and what's next. And and those are the things that I love because there's so many times, like there's so many anecdotal moments for us over the years where we've been in a show or we've been in New York or LA or whatever. And I just see something and I'm like, this has to be worked into a project soon. And, and no sooner than like three or four months go by and we're working that into a project, right? It's just, it's that, it's that top of mind syndrome. It's that freshness. It's that newness. It's, it's all of those things. And I just think that if you are somebody who really truly wants to operate at the forefront of design on the luxury side especially like you have to be omniscient about the industry you have to know better than anybody else what's out there right because frankly it would be embarrassing if my clients were like there's all this new stuff do you know about this and i was like no i mean like how how obnoxious exactly embarrassing you and know hence the importance of keeping up with like you know kbiz and um you know all of the architectural design shows out there because you know what's exciting is you could start seeing something, whether it's, it's the texture, it's the technology, it's the color, black stainless, whatever it may be, more gold fixtures than black. And, and then you can incorporate that into the project and it's kind of ahead of its time to where six months, yes. you know, your clients are actually, you know, down walking along the waterfront. They go to this fantastic new restaurant that they spent just like, you know, $1.5 million and they're saying, I love how this looks. And guess what? a lot of that is kind of incorporated into my own design because the designer has gone out and taken the time to speak to those vendors and to really see, you know, what the forefront and where they're going, not both nationally, but internationally as well. So I totally agree. That's really, really important because it would be, it is embarrassing if you're designing a space, uh, whatever room that may be. And then, you know, whether it's a casino, whether it's a new restaurant or a, or a shopping mall, and they're looking at that thinking, I actually really like what they've done there. Quite often, I'll, I, I've always personally, 
if someone's spending like, you know, 10 plus million on a, on a building, commercial, a casino, it's always good to go for a bit of a walk around because you know they're spending serious money and it's always interesting to see those trends. Yeah, that's such an important point too because we are at the heyday of hospitality design right now. Like when in history have you ever experienced so many gorgeous, jaw-dropping, visually arresting, you know, uh, um, boutique hotels and restaurants? I mean, in Chicago, come on, forget about it. We're spoiled in the city with restaurant design. And the incredible thing about that is I really believe the hospitality industry is playing a huge pivotal role in pushing forward all these trends that we spoke about earlier, because what's happening is clients are interfacing with super high design now on a much more prevalent basis. Mm -hmm. And when they're in these restaurant spaces or in these hotels and things like that, like they're being, they're being immersed in it. And that's fantastic for us because it allows us to push the bounds you know like there's been so many times where our clients have come back to us and said oh my god we stayed at such and such hotel and we had a suite and it had this amazing dry bar area and like we thought these details were so cool like can we work that in somehow you know and those, those kind of stories we love because it's just it's our clients showing us that they're receptive to allowing us to really showcase beautiful design in their home and and i just can't speak enough about how important hospitality design is right now for no, for, true, for for all aspects of design right now and you find that i think you know too there's a lot of people are um really getting into the cooking space themselves so i a project i just finished in uh, sherman oaks here in california and it was all focused around he loves baking he loves baking is you know he's got a, a high-end executive job but when he gets home his thing is to bake and she loves to cook and it's just exciting everything is focused around that so i do you find there's a lot of people out there they're cooking in a lot more because there's a lot of beautiful kitchens out there that don't get utilized and as yes. a result it's it, it they're becoming more personal and you're starting to understand you know the triangle or no triangle but understanding their full operation of how their reach below, above, mid-range, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you know, we we are blessed at our firm to work with, um, for the most part, uh, an entire um, collection of clients that really actually do love cooking. And I think the mm. it's funny for me because I grew up on this giant acreage in eastern Iowa and, like, our family was farm to table before there was ever even a word for it. Like, that's just how we lived. We grew and made all of our own food. And and it was an amazing way to grow up. And I love that yeah. that's trended now. And and you're, you're finding all of these people from every walk of life coming back to cooking and coming back to being a home chef. And 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 really celebrating that and really loving that and really bringing that entertaining aspect to their space and so it again just as you were saying about your clients who are bakers and a great cook like it informs so much of how you have to design these spaces and we had a very similar project where um you know tall clients the husband is a huge bread guy the wife is a big cook they're a big family of, of seven you know and so it's like there's three different counter heights in this in this project you know there's two different um surface materials there's a giant three foot by five foot um, end grain walnut, um, you know, booze block that's at the end of the, the highest island countertop. It's right next to a pizza oven that we put in this kitchen. And it's Perfect. like, it is so hyper functionalized yeah. for how they operate in that space. And it's so important, right? You're spending all that money. It better operate, right? So, you know, like your, is your client a sous vide cook? 
you know, are they, are they big into steam oven technology? Like all of these things, you can just create all these little micro triangles in the kitchen, you know, and we're doing this very cool kind of butler's pantry type kitchen right now for a long-term client. And instead of an island or anything like that, it has this rolling cart that essentially is going to be able to move from the traditional triangle of where the stove and the sink is to this area that exists to the right of the refrigerator that's right next to a pantry that's in this like kind of flex space that's a dry bar but also a baking station because the wife while she was an executive was also a formally trained pastry chef and she loves baking so it's like it's taking all of those nuances of how they want to operate in their kitchen and really having fun with that and saying look at what we can do you love doing x y and z so we can give you a station for that you know and it goes even it goes even as far as like their dogs yeah yeah and it's not sticking to the to the rules but just creating something that suits them but at the same time too looks absolutely gorgeous and stunning Exactly. You know, it's why we ask all clients, like, do you need two sinks? Is there a possibility you need three sinks? Are you a fan of two dishwashers? You know, like Mm. how many different refrigeration zones do you have? We had these Indian clients that, you know, we did full column refrigeration and then also did 36 inch refrigerator drawers right next to their range and whatnot because they're Hindu. So they're vegan, right? So it's like they have a ton of vegetables and their primary cooking is vegetables. And so they wanted that like really proximal to the space. And so there's just all of those little, those little nuances that really feed into a super successful project. And at the end of the day, we all want to refer right? We all want more business and the happier your client is and the more nuanced their project is and the more customized it was, like the better it is for your business. It only takes a couple of great clients and uh, I'm very fortunate. I've done a couple of buildings with this one uh, couple and um, they're just keeping me busy all year. And so it's doing, doing it right from the beginning, listening, just putting your heart and soul into it and, uh, and, and showing that. And I tell you what, it doesn't seem to stop. Now, any last advice for designers looking to get inspired in this new decade of home design? A few uh, quick points of advice. Yeah, you know, I really just encourage anybody um, to really examine where they currently are in the kitchen and bath space and in uh-huh. the interior architecture space and just really own, you know, whatever it is that you, you succeed at. And so if you're not somebody who, who is really great at kitchens and baths, but you do them from time to time, I would encourage you to like just take stock of that and then to figure out how you can level it up a little bit more right and then Mm -hmm. additionally if you are somebody that's operating in kitchen and bath space like i would encourage you to start thinking about kitchens and baths the way that we do like we we really think about them as setting the stage for the architectural envelope of the of of the project right and really playing off the architectural envelope of the project you know is it something that really blends into that architecture or is it something that stands out from that architecture and and knowing what's going to be the most successful for not just the client but also the project what the what the space itself wants we have just found that that has really resulted in some extremely beautiful kitchen projects um, over the years for very happy clients and and that goes hand in hand with really honing in and focusing on who your client is stylistically you know we say like dress your dress your kitchen like your client you know and it's like what do you wear on a daily basis like we're looking at this in an architectural aspect but like also like what do you wear on a daily basis like Let's make your kitchen look like you, you know, it, it yeah. can be part of the house, but it can also be imbibed with your style. And I think that takes it again to that extra level, that nuance level that just says, wow, this was really hyper customized for this client. This is really, I, really tailored. What I like about it too is, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a feeling that you, you've that you've got the importance of that, but at the same time too, you've got the respect of the architecture of the interior and the exterior to where you walk into 100%. that. One hundred percent. It just it feels right, and a lot of people walk in think I don't know what it is, but it just feels right. If there's something that's not yes. right, it's going to stand out. And it's interesting. Growing up in Australia, we have um, we have a lot of modern design, but we're we're, yes. we're kind of under a lot of heritage rules where we have to keep the facade of the building and you walk in and like, Oh my gosh, you know, everything's completely open and modern. But at the same time too, there are certain elements that respect the heritage and the architectural style of the building. And I, I feel that's what you focus on too. You could have a yeah. contrast. However, it's kind of respecting the architecture of the building. I agree a hundred percent. You know, I'm a fervent believer in the idea that, um, so long as you are respectful of that envelope, you mm -hmm. can create something that is so specifically tailored to your client that yeah. will ultimately appeal to some other buyer down the road. You know, I'm really proud of the fact we, we work with our clients multiple times over and, and the longest that any property that we have ever designed for a client has sat on the market was five days, right? And so it's like most of our clients, when they go to sell a house, it's sold in a pocket listing. And that's an testament to just doing honest, good, stylish, timeless design, right? And so your, your client may be in love with orange cabinets and like that somehow works for the architecture of the space, like a mid-century project that we did. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you that next buyer that comes through who's got a predilection towards mid-century design is going to walk through and see that walnut and orange kitchen and it's going to read so Eames, so 1950s to them that it's going to inspire them to buy it even if they hate the color orange, right? Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things that it works for the space, it's appropriate for the vernacular of the architecture and it's going to net a positive result for the clients both living in it and when it comes time to sell their house very true and it is you know the the whole that design concept is so important because there's a lot of clients that move into and they haven't got the time to be redoing and redesigning and whatnot and they get in there and they're inspired but by, by something like that it's like i love it a lot of people have got to yes. move in, set the furniture and get back to work so um again you know it's it's been very custom but it's uh just creating a fantastic overall product that's going to be around for quite some time. And I know that with a forecast of, you know, a global thinking of where trends are going and whatnot, it, it, it is important because you could incorporate a particular type of um, maybe an exotic wood veneer with a color that, you know, mm -hmm. you know, in Europe, it's going to be popular for the next 10 years, which means it's going to be popular here for the next 18 years. It's certainly going to sell. Um, yes, stand out than anything else. Now, uh, Nicholas, um, we've got to wrap up, but let me let me ask you: um, How can people find more out about you and your business? What's your website? Yeah, so our website is nm-interiors.com uh, and our Instagram handle is NMI Designs. The company is Nicholas Moriarty Interiors um, and we we have a great Instagram presence, I'd like to think. Um, so definitely follow us on there. We're going to be amping, amping up big time our, our presence on Instagram over the next few years as well. We've got some exciting things in the works for, for how we're going to approach that. So it's great. And are you just based in the uh, Chicago and out of Chicago area or you're... Um you do projects uh, nationwide? 
yeah, we are based in Chicago, but we will work nationally. So we like to say we go, we go wherever the nice people are with great projects. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's kind of my theory too. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's yeah, important. Yeah. Like you're entering into a marriage and it's got to be right. A hundred percent. Yeah. You we know. like, we like working with nice, appreciative people. <laughs> there you go. Well, Nick, well, Nicholas, yeah, because life is short and I life what, is short and it's just design. Go both <laughs> you know, even as, as a contractor designer, um, you know, I've been doing this for what, 36 years now. And it used to be where they will interview the contractors, interview the designers. Well, I kind of, I have to start interviewing them too. You know, when we've got to find out financially if they're, if they have it to do the project and you kind of really want to yeah. have a coffee with them and get a feel for them because knowing that you're going to be um, uh, with this client for some time and I, and I really focus on that because you know, a lot like you, I put my heart and soul into a project and you want, you're only going to do that if you feel like you, you've got the right match. And fortunately, you know, it is so busy out there. We, we do have the license to say no. Um, yes. So, Getting to know your client is um, is is really important, and I think you know when yes. you, someone like you, you start to share your knowledge and and what your proposals are. I think people get so excited, and um, bang, it's it's done. Well, Nicholas, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed this, mate. It's a pleasure. And uh, again, folks, check out Nicholas's uh, website. And uh, folks, we have new episodes of KB Talks coming your way very soon. So make sure you're subscribed and stay tuned. Please be sure to send your feedback to nkba at flyingcamel.com. And remember to take a moment to leave us a star rating or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Again, I'm your host, Carl Champley. I really appreciate you listening in. Remember, get out there and design something terrific. And for now, stay tuned for a quick NKBA Minute. The NKBA Specialty Badge Program offers members a new competitive edge. Certification has long been a cornerstone of the National Kitchen and Bath Association's mission, although the designations are mostly limited to designers. The Specialty Badge Program now allows any NKBA member to broaden their knowledge and earn credentials in a variety of areas through online course materials and passing an online exam. Visit nkba.org badges to discover the NKBA Specialty Badges currently available. Take advantage of the NKBA's ongoing professional development opportunities and get the NKBA competitive edge.